This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, May 24th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Dowling. Here's today's headlines. Key details still to come on trade aid. How far will the money go? And Fry at Kern Canal fix passes Senate. Trade assistance and disaster aid on the way. Farmers, ranchers, economists, bankers, and accountants are going to be busy today and for days to come digesting the impact of the Trump administration's new trade aid package as well as congressional agreement on disaster aid. Both will have a broad impact on producers across the country, although there are still key details missing on the trade aid package and the new market facilitation program. Without them, farmers have no idea how much they'll get. Here's what we do know. The new MFP payments will benefit more producers than the original MFP did because more crops are eligible. The payment rates will be calculated on a county-by-county basis, not by commodity, and they'll be based on each farm's 2019 planted acres. The first of three possible MFP payments will go out either in June or July. What we don't know? Well, the county rates have not been released, and USDA also hasn't disclosed how it's calculating the impact of the trade war on each county, which is how the rates are being determined. Also, the second and third payments could be scrapped if there's a resolution of the trade war with China. There's a lot of details that need to be fleshed out in the next few weeks, according to Lynn Crisp, president of the National Corn Growers Association, yesterday. But what about prevented planting? Well, acreage that isn't planted likely won't be eligible for MFP payments, but it could qualify for disaster aid as well as prevented planted benefits under crop insurance. The disaster aid bill the Senate unveiled hours after the trade aid was announced makes prevented planting losses eligible for disaster payments. The Senate passed the bill 85-8, to setting up a final action in the House, likely by voice vote today. Plan gets mixed reaction. Some economists are worried the lack of key details and the uncertainty of the second and third round of payments creates new uncertainty for producers, especially for farmers who haven't planted yet. Farmers who are planting late or may not be able to plant at all will have potential MFP payments in the back of their mind. This is not decoupled policy and will distort planning decisions. That according to Purdue University economist David Widmar. Lyle Benjamin, president of the Montana Grain Growers Association, fears that $14.5 billion figure won't go that far when it's spread across all of the eligible commodities. He said in a tweet, you think corn guys were offended by a penny? Well, wait till everybody shares this $14.5 billion. There won't be enough to buy truck stop coffee, he said. Take note, farm groups generally express their relief that the plan was out while emphasizing that what they really want is an end of the trade war. We're still studying the whole plan, but on the surface it looks really good. That the word of American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall. The California response will California Farm Bureau President Jamie Johansson urged the administration to go further in addressing specialty crops in this round. The package includes pistachios, that's the state's top crop affected by the tariffs, almonds, walnuts, tree fruits, and fresh grapes. Johansson said adding these crops will help further buffer rural California from the impact of the trade disputes. Wine grapes? It's unclear if fresh grapes would include wine grape growers. 
that industries that were seeing a rapid expansion into China would notice the $100 million in the package for the trade promotion program. Johansson noted that it is down from $200 million in the last package when USDA had received $600 million in requests for the program. He told AgriPulse, It's a strong indicator that at the end of the day, what we really want to do is extend that to expand our market, and those programs that allow us to do that are going to be well received. Almonds, like most in ag, almond groups appreciated the package, but hope for a trade deal soon. Almond Alliance President Elaine Trevino said none of the mitigation programs will begin to offset the financial impacts, the disruptions to our relationships with commercial partners, or the long-term effect on market investment. USMCA caught up in the Trump-Pelosi feud. The White House is pushing hard for Congress to ratify the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, but a war of words between President Donald Trump and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi may make that difficult. Trump upped the vitriol yesterday with a slew of insults, calling Pelosi Crazy Nancy and suggesting she didn't have the mental facilities to comprehend a complex trade agreement. Trump said she's a mess. Let's face it, she doesn't understand it. Earlier in the week, Pelosi had accused Trump of engaging in, quote, a cover-up over his finances and tax records. On Thursday, Pelosi shot back at Trump on Twitter when the extremely stable genius starts acting more presidential. I'll be happy to work with him on infrastructure, trade, and other issues. Trump said Pelosi, quote, has told U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer that she needs a couple of weeks to study USMCA before she would be willing to allow vote. Tariff revenues up and imports down. If tariff revenues continue at their current pace, the Trump administration's tariffs will raise about $72 billion in 2019, and that would be a new record. That's according to American Farm Bureau estimates based on figures released by the Treasury Department. Last year, U.S. tariff revenues were $50 billion and the largest amount ever. For the first four months of this year, though, the U.S. uh, took in $22 billion in customs duties, That's up 78% from prior year levels. Farm Bureau economist John Newton said in the 16 months since tariffs have been in place, customs duties have increased by approximately $25 billion, or 55%. Tariffs have led to decreased imports. As a direct result of the tariffs, U.S. imports from China during the first quarter of 2019 fell by $17 billion, or 14% from prior year levels, according to Newton's in his analysis. Mediator appointed in Bayer glyphosate litigation. A federal judge overseeing cases against Bayer in California has appointed a mediator to coordinate global settlement discussions. U.S. District Judge Vincent Chahabria named Kenneth Feinberg to mediate the approximately 1,400 cases from various district courts now consolidated in Chahabria's court. Feinberg was special master of the U.S. government's September 11th victim compensation fund. Bayer's lawyers have said they will participate in mediation discussions, but they want to see how they do with their appeals. Bayer has lost three cases in which damages awarded by juries have topped $2 billion. Plaintiffs are alleging exposure to Roundup significantly contributed to development of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Bill to fix Fryatt-Kern Canal passes State Senate. 
Senate Bill 559 proposes $40 million to repair the canal, which has lost 40% of its capacity due to substance. During another exhausted day for both houses, the Senate passed the bill and sent it to the Assembly for a vote. U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein commended the bill's author, Senator Melissa Hurtado of Sanger. Feinstein said it will be an excellent compliment to my efforts to secure federal funding to restore the Front Kern Canal. Now keep in mind, the bill proposes less than what November's failed Proposition 3 water bond offered, but the bill did manage to survive appropriations last week without taking a hit to the $400 million request. The fix will provide an important boost for farmers having to adapt to the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act in the San Joaquin Valley. Here's today's He Said It. My own industry, agriculture, has long had its trust breached in deals made with administrations and with the legislature. That state Senator Jim Nelson of Gerber in voting against Senate Bill 200 on safe drinking water. Now, here's a programming note. AgriPulse will be closed on Monday, May 27th at observance of Memorial Day, and we will not publish Daybreak or the Daily Harvest that day. We hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. That is Daybreak West for this Friday, May 24th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.